today's reading is uh, Galatians 3, 8 through 14. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, And you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. All right. How you doing? Good. I'm glad you're here. I really am. Every week that people show up, I'm like, yes. All right, let's do this. Let's go. Um, uh, yeah. Um, you know how when you're writing a sermon, as you do, and the night before you go to preach it, you realize like it's totally about something else, and then you rewrite the whole second half of it? That's today. So... Um, We'll see how this goes. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, I, 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 I love this passage. Let's, let's pray, and then let's dive into it. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are, for what you're doing for us. Thank you for uh, everyone that you've brought here, for allowing us to uh, bless each other with, um, with our presence. Um, let us never take for granted uh, the fact that we have family and friends and community who are there, who love us, who are um, a part of our lives, who we can open up to and uh, who we can let open up to us, and we can um, share the burden of life and uh, make a blessing out of it. Thank you for your love and your grace. Help us to show it, to give it, to receive it, and uh, change us uh, more and more every time we come together. Speak through me this morning. Allow me to remember the things that I've, uh, that I've learned and studied and uh, and enlighten us all. Thank you. Amen. All right. So, um, Galatians 3, 8. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. Now, peculiar verse, um, because obviously the scriptures didn't exist, right, when Abraham uh, was, was receiving his message from God. Um, there is this underlying current that, like, the, the message of God is not contained necessarily... Um, in writings on a page, it's contained, it's contained in the person of God. It's contained in, in Jesus and the living spirit. Um, and that it is revealed through scriptures. Um, but there's lots of times in the scriptures where they talk about how, how God, no, God's been preaching the gospel long before Jesus preached the gospel. And before Paul preached the gospel, God's been preaching the gospel. And so, um, in this message, you have this guy, Abraham, um, and Paul writes about him a lot. There's something that he wants the Galatian people to understand. Uh, and he, said, he, he brings out specifically the part where God tells Abraham, Hey, in you, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. In you, everyone is going to find blessing. So this morning, um, I'm going to sort of take... There's, there's two main ideas in this passage. There is the idea of blessing, the idea of curse. Um, there's the idea of faith... And the law. These things go together. They are, they are in pairs. And there's, there's two figures you could add to these as well. Paul is obviously talking about Abraham because he says Abraham. Um, and Abraham pairs with the blessing 
And Abraham pairs with faith, living by faith. Um, and so over here with the curse and living by the law, you also have this other character, his name was Moses, who pairs with these. And so you have two different ways that you can live. Um, and Paul sort of builds this dichotomy. He says, hey, there's some people in our city who are living this way. I'm asking you to live this way. And here's why. Because if you live this way, what comes with it is curse, exile, pain. If you live this way, what comes with it is blessing. And it's not just you being blessed, it's everyone being blessed through you. And so um, I think the only... I'm, I'm going to basically try to paint a picture for you today of how to look at all this, how this applies to you, your life, my life, how this applies to Christianity in general, what has happened to to Christianity today, um, and, uh, and, and whose side we're really on. Um, and and any, any good sermon about this has to have stick figures. So I want to introduce you to Abraham. He's a simple guy. <laughs> um, Abraham is living in, uh, in ancient Sumeria. Everyone around him is worshiping these gods uh, in this way that they are terrified. Everyone, we've been talking about this for weeks now. Um, Abraham is living in a, in a, in a, in a place where um, the people are offering sacrifices to these gods who they believe exist, um, who are keeping them from receiving rain, who, um, who they want to heal them of diseases and all these things. And so they're trying to appease these gods. Abraham has a huge problem with it. Abraham's not content with it. We know this from the ancient rabbinical writings. Um, and so this happens. God comes to Abraham. It says, the Lord said to Abram, um, leave your country your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So we talk about Abraham, and we talk about the blessing in this passage. And there's also the mention of the curse. Um, so when Paul talks about Abraham and the blessing, um, Paul uses a specific word for the word blessing. The word blessing is eulogio, and it means kindness, it means lifting another up. So God tells Abraham, hey, um, I'm going to pull you out of this place. I'm going to take you into the desert. We're going to build a new nation from your offspring. Um, They are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And he says, and you're not just going to exist like every other nation in the world for yourself. You're not just going to build your empire and build your economy. You are going to be a nation that blesses, that eulogios, all people in this world. You will be kind to them. You will teach them kindness. You will lift them up. You will lift each other up. And you will lift them up. And all of the world will be blessed and made more kind and more gracious and lifted up because of you, Abraham. This is what we're going to do. And so this is a really important time in the history of God's people. Um, and so God tells him, this is what we're going to do. And so now he says, uh, and if you follow me, and if you live the way that I want you to live, and if you are the blessing, you will be blessed. Um, and then there's this dichotomy where he talks about the curse. There's this other way that you can live. This way that is against the things of God. This way that is not how God intended us to dwell in this world. And if you live this way, you will receive the curse. Now, in modern 21st century evangelical American eyes, when we talk about, um, like when we sing the song Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6 that we sang this morning, um, I've heard you, O Lord, and 
I don't remember the lyrics to my own song. The something, something, blessing and curse. Um, the choice you've, oh yeah, whatever, the choice you've been offered between blessing and curse. I have to have them, like, written down in front of me. This is full. Um, between blessing and curse. Um, we hear that today, and we think, 21st century evangelical Christianity, we think blessing and curse. Oh, it's talking about the afterlife. It's talking about heaven and hell. It's not. The ancient Old Testament um, doesn't have a developed idea about the afterlife. It's not in the Old Testament. That's not what this is about. Um, the discussions of afterlife and what happens after you die and the judgment and all of this, that comes into discussion um, in the Second Temple period um, prior to the writing of the New Testament and sometimes in the New Testament. But that is not, by and large, the focus of Scriptures at all. Um, the focus of this specific idea of blessing and curse, God is talking to any, especially in the book of Deuteronomy, God is talking about um, an actual historical event that will occur. The blessing is you're going to have this city. It's going to be called Jerusalem, and you're going to live there. And your nation is going to be a nation that is like a city on a hill, that is like a light in the dark, and everyone in the world will be blessed from you. And the work that you do in this city it will flow from you out. Um, and, and, and Revelation 21 has a great picture of it. Um, God will sit on his throne, and there will be this river that flows from the, from the throne of God, and it will flow out into the nations and the people outside of the city walls. And there will be trees besides it which, which have leaves, and it says whose, whose, whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. Like all the nations will be healed because of you. You are here to be a blessing. The point of you and me forming this people out of you is that you will bless this world by your presence. And if you do that, you will be blessed. You will have this city and you will have these people and you will live in peace. If you do not do this, you will lose your city. You will lose your temple. You will lose your friends, your family, your community. You will lose all of it. What he's talking about is the exile. You will be taken into exile. And this happened several times. When we first actually find um, God's people after the book of Genesis, we have them in bondage, and it's like, we don't know what led to this, but this is how we find them. And then later on, uh, we can assume, because of, the, of what it said here, that, that they weren't um, being the blessing. And, and then later on, we, um, we find uh, them exiled two more times. And each time the prophets are standing up and the prophets are screaming out, it's because you're not being a blessing. It's because you are are not living how God wanted us to live. And so Abraham is, is pictured as he's the blessing for the world. When Paul talks of Abraham, this is, this is what he means. By faith, you will, you will follow in the path of God by faith, knowing that this is what's best for you and this is what's best for the world. Now, uh, fast forward a few generations. We find Moses. Um, Moses is the guy who solidifies Israel as a nation. So it was birthed through Abraham, and then Moses shows up. And, and so what do you need to have a nation? You know, the question is, okay, so we're going to bless all people, and I'm going to do, I'm going to live in your way, in your path, God, yes. Um, the question is, how do you do that? Well, Moses comes on the scene. Um, if you're building a nation, what solidifies you as a nation um, is several things. First off, it's uh, maybe you're going to have some land, maybe a city. You're going to have a constitution. You're going to have a, uh, a document that says, here's how we run our country. And this document is going to say why we're running it this way, um, how it is to be run, 
um, the rights that everyone has in our country, how we view the world around us. And it's going to say, uh, you're going to basically all put your faith in this and say, if we live in this way, we will attain what we want. Um, and in this constitution, it's always attached to it is also laws of the land. Um, and so Moses is known for receiving the law. And the law is not the point. The law is here to serve the blessing. The law is the map to receiving the blessing. Um, oftentimes, cities and countries and nations uh, start falling apart when they start serving the law, when they start serving the Constitution, when they start serving um, uh, something that they have written instead of the intent of the writings and the intent of the laws. And so it's the same here. When we get wrapped up in the laws, and the laws are the point, we lose the intent of all of it. That God's people are not to be a, a, um, a nation of laws, they are a nation of blessings. That's how, that's how God's people, Israelites, the Jews, were supposed to be. Um, and so, Moses has given the law. And now, once you have this law and this constitution and this way of living, you are now a nation, you have a name, you have an identity. You have, um, you have the laws that contain the rules of the road. It lays out how to keep from crashing the car. Okay, So we're heading towards the blessing, the law is the road map. Follow the map. And you, you won't crash the car. You'll get where you're going to go. You're not going to get lost. And it tells them how they can know um, a lot of things. It tells them, a lot, the, if you read the law, the, the, the books of Moses, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you're going to see uh, messages that talk about how to live at peace with God. You're going to see messages about how to be generous to immigrants and strangers. You're going to see messages about how to handle your money, um, how to keep people out of debt and sl- enslavement. There's this whole process called Jubilee, whereby everyone would receive freedom from the debts that they had incurred. Um, you're going to find a way to, to limit revenge. Um, eye for an eye instead of um, your life for an eye. Um, you're going to find... Um, all kinds of things to keep them from falling into debt, falling into constant wars forever, from, from, um, to keep them from rejecting their neighbors and the immigrants that are coming into their land. And it teaches them all of these ways to interact with the world around them so that they can be the blessing. This is what, how they are taught to be. Now, um, this is the point to remember. The law is about the blessing. And every time that they don't stay on the path of God, they fall into exile over and over. And the prophets know this, and the prophets are sick of it. And the prophets stand up, and they declare, here's why you're in pain. Even before they're in exile, prophets are standing up and saying, this is where this is heading. This is heading towards a curse. Exile. Now, um, you have the prophet Isaiah in chapter 3. He writes this, Jerusalem staggers. Judah is fallen. Their words and deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. The look on their faces testifies against them. They parade their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them. They have brought disaster upon themselves. Tell the righteous it will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked. Disaster is upon them. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. And so there is the warning. Live righteous. Be the blessing in this world. Don't be selfish. Don't be inward-focused. Um, be the blessing of Abraham and you will be blessed. Follow God's ways. And this is what will happen. Um, and so, as time goes on, 
we fast forward several centuries, we find the Jews again sort of in, in a form of exile in the first century, living under Roman rule. Uh, we find them oppressed again. The, their city, Jerusalem, they might be living in it now, but they don't own it anymore. Uh, it's, it's now part of the Roman Empire. And in the first century, you have these guys. They are the, they are the Judaizers. Now, the Judaizers are the people um, who are the descendants of Abraham and Moses. And they are running around telling everyone, hey, we are under the oppression of Rome, and what we need to do is live by the law. And if you ask them why, they don't say, so that we can be a blessing to the whole world. They say, so that we can get our city back, we can build this massive city with our own economy, and we can rule the world. And so the idea is, is right, yes, you, you do need to actually come back to the ways that God has given you. But the intent is all wrong. And so when they talk about how they're supposed to live, they point to Moses. Moses is their guy. They don't understand or remember, nor do they care about being the blessing. And you can tell because the way Jesus talks to them, he says, look, you're, you're all about obeying all of these laws, but then you're ignoring the needs of everyone around you. What's even the point? If you're going to live by the laws and you're going to like ignore the blessing, then the law is absolutely useless and it will do nothing. And so that's what these guys do. They point to Moses as the pinnacle of their faith, and they live by the law instead of the blessing, and they focus on doing what's lawful instead of lifting others up through blessing, and they focus on making sure everyone is obeying the law instead of making sure that everyone is receiving a blessing. They would look out at their community. They would say, is everyone being good? Instead of, um, is everyone's light bill paid? Is anyone having trouble paying their mortgage? Does everyone have a place to sleep? They would say, did you tithe? How long's your hair? Are you, are you growing the right kind of crops in your garden that God commanded you to grow? Um, and this is what it became. Now, um, Paul understands that this is exactly what's happening in Galatia. You have the Judaizers coming in and telling the Galatians, the new, the new followers of Jesus, who came by faith, that God accepted them as they are, that God wanted to bless them, that God loved them, God was drawing them in, and they wanted to join God in his work, establishing the kingdom of God in this world, because they understand what Jesus was doing. They get it. They understand that resurrection is the point, healing and rebirth and renewal, that, that God can do these things, and, and they're, they're, they're in. And in come the Judaizers, and the Judaizers start telling them, no, 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 look, you need to obey the law first. You can't start being a blessing. You need to, be, you need to obey the law. And so Paul writes about this, and he tells them, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. And so he holds up the dichotomy. He says, look, if you want to live by the law, you can try that all you want. No one's ever really done it. It's impossible. Utterly impossible. What, what we have is a choice between faith, following Jesus with everything we have, resting in him, knowing that like, if I live in this way, it will, it, and I, I am, I am focusing on, on the love and the grace that I have received from God and the healing in this world, that this will be the path that God has that brings about the kingdom in this world. Through dying to ourselves, accepting the sacrifice of Jesus as our own, and saying, yeah, that's, that's going to be my life as well. Um, or you can just try to be really good for a really long time and try to get everyone else to be really good. I mean, how's that been going for us, America? 
we run around and, and Christians have now become a political party and we're trying to get everyone to be really good. There's laws and you have to obey all the laws and you get everyone to be really good. Let's say we get everyone to be really good and 100% of people suddenly in America are living by this Christian law. Maybe we write it all out and we know exactly how to do it and everyone lives by it. Does anyone know Jesus now? Does anyone have any love for the people? No, they don't. It's all just law, 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 law. It's useless. It's a curse, Paul says. And so who's Paul? It's just Paul. Paul does not, when he talks about God and what we're doing here, he doesn't talk about the law. Paul points over the head of Moses straight to Abraham. He says, hey, do you remember how this all started? Do you remember how we got here? Have you been paying attention to what has been happening here? I mean, the whole point of this was that Abraham was was going to be the blessing and everyone, I mean, the law was supposed to serve the blessing and then God's people were supposed to serve the blessing. It was all about the blessing. That, that this world was going to find healing and it was going to change and God was going to redeem and fix all that is lost and all that is broken. And he says, but you Judaizers, you have dropped a roadblock in the middle of the road, the law. And you're running around trying to make sure everyone's being super good for no reason because it doesn't serve anything. It's serving your sense of piety. It's serving your sense of pride and national identity. But it is not a blessing to anyone, so it is not what God intended. If you're going to hurt people while pushing laws, the laws are useless. Even Jesus said, the laws, we are not here to serve the laws. The laws are here to serve us. When he talks about the Sabbath, he says, Sabbath was made to be a blessing for you. How have you taken the Sabbath and turned it into this rule book? I mean, it's supposed to be a great day to take a nap. And you have turned it into like, this massive list of rules. How did we get here? Oftentimes, the things that were intended to bring us what we wanted become the roadblocks to the very thing that we were trying to get. Oftentimes, we want something so badly, and the more we work for it, the more we find, the more we work for it, it slips away. And that eventually we receive the opposite of what we were trying to achieve. When Jesus walks into Jerusalem, this is what Jesus sees. Jesus sees a religious system that was invented to be a blessing to the world around us. And it has become a curse. And he finds the people once again in exile. Sometimes things start out to be something wonderful. The things that started out to be wonderful can become something incredibly hurtful. And it has everything to do with the intention with which we use the things that we have been given um, that changes the outcome of all of it. Serving the law without the intention of loving and blessing people, of being kind and lifting them up, will bring about pain for other people, pain for you, and ultimately the curse, exile, from all of the things that you really want in this world. You will not find peace. You will not find rest. You will not find healing for the things that need healing. 
you will not find this eternal life that we have been promised. Eternal life doesn't start when you die. It starts the second you are awakened and accepting of what Jesus has for us. Then you suddenly start living for eternal things, not these temporal things. I would argue that as we look around modern Christianity today, um, this might be more likely where we are. I would argue we have become a roadblock to people finding God. And the more I've been paying attention for a decade now about what is happening in the church today, and the more I watch the news, and the more I, 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 I read the books that are being put out, this is what I'm seeing. Law, 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 law. Why? Oftentimes these laws are incredibly painful to the people around us. We, we have neglected the love of our brothers and our sisters so that we can have everything lined up in uniform lines. And oftentimes people look at it and they say, I want nothing to do with that. If that is the message of Jesus, I want nothing to do with it. That is not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus, come as you are and find healing through Christ. And you will be healed. And somehow we have ended up here. And it's not everywhere in the world. There are places in this world where the church is alive and healing and, and, and changing their cities and their nations for the better. That are bringing about the shalom and the kingdom of God in their cities. But I would argue that modern Christianity has, has become a bit of a stumbling block. The message of Christianity has become um, how to get to heaven and not hell. That's become the message of Christianity. It's all about the afterlife. But the real message of Christianity is, is not about life after you die. It's about the fact that there is incredible life before you die that you can find. Jesus came. I, I, I came so that you could have life abundantly here. And that life is found by living in the path of Christ, by loving, by offering grace and serving. Now, another thing uh, that, the, that the message of Christianity has become is that we exist to live by these laws and to confront people who don't live by these laws and argue that they should live by these laws. That's what Christianity has become. But Christianity was meant to be, I have faith that God is, through grace, bringing healing, life, resurrection, and reconciliation to all things as revealed by the work of Christ. We are here to be a roadmap to that. We are here, the people of God, to be a roadmap to the blessing of God. And so with all our talk of laws and laws and laws and laws and laws, we have neglected the blessing. The church today exists intentionally to be a blessing. So, Jesus walks into the city and this is what he sees with his own people. Um, and Jesus becomes this absolute dichotomy to this. Um, Jesus is, if you, if you pay attention to the book of Matthew, I taught on this not too long ago. If you pay attention to the book of Matthew, the way Jesus is presented, it starts off with um, Jesus on, on Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is by a mountain, and he's saying, you have heard, and he says a law. And then he says, but I tell you, and he changes that law to be about people. And then he says, you have heard this law, but I tell you this law. 
And he takes the idea and he says, I'm going to make it more loving, more gracious. What he's doing is, and, and any early first century Jewish reader would have read this and said, hey, he's acting like Moses. He's standing on the side of a mountain. God's people are there. And he's preaching about the law. And he's doing it the same way Moses did, but he's pointing it towards a new destination. And so Jesus becomes the new Moses. And so now, when you think of Moses, you now think of Jesus. Jesus is the new Moses, the new law. He's our new identity. He declares who we are. He is now our new map to the blessing for ourselves and the world, the new rules of the road. Um, A new law is now written not on paper, but in your heart, the Spirit of God. And so Jesus sort of redoes all this. And then you also have Jesus... um, He becomes the new Israel. He fulfills all the law. He lives it out perfectly. You know what else he does? He even takes the curse, the exile, and he hangs on the cross. One of the things that they would do in these exiles um, is they would take the leaders. Oftentimes, we have a lot of history about this. They would take the leaders of the cities that were going into exile after they'd been conquered by whatever nation, usually the Syrians. Um, there's, we have a lot of this in history. And so the, they would take the leaders of these cities and they would, they would hang them on a tree in public for all to see. And you would know when you see somebody hanging on a tree like this in this specific way, they're cursed, they're exiled. The, this person's people are cursed. They've lost everything, they're exiled. And so Jesus... It's hanging on this tree, and Paul brings this up. And he looks up, and what does he say? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus himself took the exile that we deserved, that the Israelites deserved. And so Jesus is the new Israel. He lived by the law. He completed it, and he was exiled in our place. Jesus took the curse, the exile, all of it. And so now we have this uniform idea that Abraham is told, you're going to be a blessing to the world around you. You're going to be kind. You're going to teach the people to be kind. You're going to lift people up. And, and now there's this new law, the entire law um, that Jesus talks about, um, everything that he teaches. He says, now you're going to look at the law a whole new way. It's going to be about loving people and serving people. Um, it's going to be about making sure they, they have what they need. It's going to be about um, bringing about their healing, emotional, spiritual, psychological, developmental, all of it. You are going to be a part of this, a part of the healing in this world. And, and then God's people, you guys are going to be this city on the hill. As you move through this world, everyone will say, hey, here comes, here comes the Christian. We're in for a blessing. Said no one ever, right? Like, this is what we were meant to be. We were meant to be the people who set out into this world to set things to rights as we work and serve a God who will one day set things to rights. And then there's us at the very end. This completes all of it. This is the, the church, the bride of Christ. And we adorn ourselves in in the works of God's people. Now, so let's take this from the spiritual. This is how we were designed to live. This is how we were called to live. All of it is about blessing those around us. All of it. Being a source of healing in the room, wherever you are. Now, um, this if you take this gospel and you apply it not just to your spiritual life, let's 
What happens if you start applying this to the rest of your life? I walk into this room. My, my point here is to be a blessing. My point here is to encourage somebody to listen to somebody, help somebody get something off their chest. My point in starting this company is to do this, to serve people. Um, this would absolutely change everything. Any, any inanimate object, it depends on the intention with which you have, um, that, that if you use it with the right intention, it, it can do either amazing things or destructive things. A brick is just a brick. A block is just a block. And you can use that block to build a hospital or a home, a shelter, um, a school. Or you can take that block and you can throw it through a window and you can take everything inside for yourself. And the thing is, when your intentions become about yourself... It ruins the thing that you're touching, whatever it is. It has ruined Christianity. We have made Christianity, again, about us, about God's people. Um, and, and if you ask people, you know, like, what's the point of Christianity? Well, it's so that one day I can live in a place with streets of gold and diamonds and pearls. And really, all of the things that people want here, that's what, that's what all this is about? Riches? I've always seen that passage as, look, in the presence of God, when all things are as we need them, we don't need gold anymore. What do you want to do with it? I don't know. Pave a road with it. I mean, it's not the best thing to pave a road with. Gold, right? Um, we have all these, what do you want to do with all the pearls? I don't know. Like, should we build some gates to protect them? No, that's not what this is about. Put them on the outside. They could build a gate out of them. And our focus becomes on us, and we neglect the blessing. And so when you do this and you apply this on a micro scale, you take the brick, you can either throw it through a window and take everything that's inside or you can build something that will serve the world around you. Um, two people can work at the same place and have two drastically different reactions. One of them maybe is working every single day and you ask them, hey, what are you saving for? What, why are you working? What, what's the money for? Oh, because one day I want to get this amazing house over here and um, I want to get this car. There's a bunch of stuff I want, stuff I want to buy. Um, it's all about them, and so they go to work, and they're not, they don't have a great attitude, and they get upset whenever the, the tip isn't very well or whatever. They, they, they're upset that, that their pay doesn't go up as fast as they want it to. They're upset about the amount of money they make and the fact that they actually have to go actually work to get this money. And so their attitude is, it's, it's me, it's me, I need all this money. And then there's someone else. Maybe there's a man who, who's working, and he says, you say, hey, why are you working? Well, I've got a, I've got a 17-year-old daughter, and she's brilliant, and she's going to be a doctor. And I need, I want to pay for her schooling. And, and so I go to work every day. I get up early and I get here early and I try to squeeze as many hours in the day as I can. And, and, and every time I get paid, it's a joy because it, I'm, I'm one step closer to my daughter achieving her dream. He's serving the blessing, the intention of somebody else. You will always find the person who is not serving themselves. You will find them always with joy. This is what you will find. And so you can find the person cleaning toilets who is ecstatic about what they do because they're serving people or because the money is going to something wonderful or because they, they, they love the person that they're working for. Um, and then you'll find the multimillionaire CEO just serving himself and is miserable. And how many stories do we have in history of the multimillionaire CEO actually jumping off the very building he built to kill himself? I, 
This thing applied, this blessing idea that I exist to be a blessing to those around me. If you apply this to your marriage, if you, I'm here to be a blessing to my spouse. This will absolutely alter everything about your marriage. If you apply this to your family, your children, this will alter everything about how you raise your kids. If you teach your kids, hey, be a blessing to the people around you today. Don't make it about you. Serve the people around you. This will absolutely change them as human beings. If your holidays become about being a blessing of this world, if your day in and day out habits become about being a blessing to everyone, if you are only filling yourself up so you can pour yourself out every day, that is a different way to live. That is a blessed way to live. That is how we were intended to live. And the image of all of this is Jesus on the cross. There's, um, there's this uh, um, Maronite Christian sculptor. His name was Khalil Gibran. And I, I wrote down this... This, uh, this poem of his a while ago, he wrote this. He wrote, I slept and dreamed that life is all joy. I woke and found that life was all service. I served and saw that service is joy. And then you have Galatians 3.14. So that in Christ Jesus' blessing, the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. The spirit is the new law written on their hearts. He says, don't buy into the law idea that you are here to just be good. No, you are here to be a blessing. The law exists to help you achieve this. It is not the point. You couldn't live up to it if you tried. That's why there's grace. And so hopefully, over time, we can retrain a generation of Christians to love God the way we were intended to the service of people, not the piety of ourselves. And these two things, if you're focusing on serving people, the second thing tends to fall in line. It tends to fall in place because you tend to be very submissive to the spirit within you. And so I think we should respond to this with communion, the ultimate picture of the service of humankind. Jesus pouring his life out for us. If you're a communion server, why don't you go ahead and take the, the elements and kind of spread around the room for us. And this morning, um, I, I want to, I guess, encourage those of you who are struggling with maybe your job, your business, what you do, how you spend your time, um, because you're not getting out of it what you want out of it. And maybe we can tweak this a little bit. Because the gospel says that everything God has done, he's done in the service of us. So that we could know and love him. And that we would be blessed in this endeavor. And so, maybe attacking this with a new idea. The idea of grace. Everything I have is a gift from God. My presence in the midst of these people, everything I give them should be a gift. To serve them, to lift them up, to encourage them. To, be, to, to bring kindness and uplifting lifestyle in their presence. And so our communion servers are going to come forward and, and uh, take some time and pray. Um, talk to God. Ask him to give you some perspective in whatever it is you're doing. I think you will find a much lighter existence and a lighter burden than, than what you have been living for. There will never be enough stuff to give you the joy that service can give you, that, that the blessing of those around you can give you. And so let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for who you are, what you've done for us, the blessings that you bestow upon us every single day.
Teach us to respond to you with love. Love for you, love for others around us. Thank you. Help us to every day wake up. Let us be grateful. Let us to openly pronounce our gratefulness to you. Let us make it a part of our being and who we are. That we are grateful for what we receive from you, and so we pour ourselves out for others. Thank you for your son, for his teachings, for his sacrifice, for his resurrection, and for the hope that he brings us, every one of us. In your name, amen.